What is going on, everyone? Thank you for once again tuning in to The Shock Factor with Jake and Jordan, where I, Stephen Shock, am joined by the great Jordan Schusterman and Jake Mintz. Fellas, how are we doing? Better than ever. Well, that's probably an exaggeration, but I'm very happy to be back on here uh, with you, my friend, Stephen Shock. What's up, Jake Mintz? I am very flatulent this weekend, <laughs> but I'm excited to talk about college baseball. Well, we can't we can't just go right into the episode without first talking about the source. What what do you think the problem might be? <laughs> I think actually it was not enough college baseball. Mm-hmm. I think was okay. my problem. Okay, all I right. I need more of it to settle my stomach. Um, yeah, <laughs> college baseball and Pepto Bismol go hand. But that's well but that's not our sponsor this week. Now, <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. We. We have wow. a real one. Uh, I don't believe we will have any more fake sponsors, at least not this week. I'm sure they will, they will come back at some point. But we do finally have a sponsor. So shouts out to S2 Cognition. Now, S2 Cognition, um, they're a, a new sponsor here on the D1 uh, Baseball Network. And if you want to know more about them, I encourage you to check out their website. But I did want to play a little game here with you guys, uh, just, just all of our sponsors. So, you know, I'm looking on the, the About page on the, on the website. It says, S2's technology platform brings visibility to an athlete's cognitive skill sets and identifies their strengths, weaknesses, and the whys behind their performance. So this is obviously a big thing in sports now is, is you know, figuring out, like, not just the physical side of things, is how can we improve on the mental side. And I love this because they have a sample chart from a baseball report. This is on their site. Featuring the percentile ranking of an athlete's individual skill sets equates their S2 score total. Bottom of the chart indicates how the athlete score compared to others in their reference group. So this is basically how much they improve. And I wanted to ask you guys, of these categories, if you could improve one of these categories, go back for your baseball <laughs> your baseball uh, career and improve one of these categories, what would you improve? Okay? Here, I'm going to read you the categories here. One, perception speed. Two, trajectory estimation. Three, rhythm control. Four, timing control. Five, distraction control. I can imagine both of you guys would appreciate that. Uh, impulse control, <laughs> stopping control, instinctive learning. Those are our categories. Okay. Stephen Schock, if you could, if you could magically improve at any of those, which one would it be? Uh, I believe trajectory perception. Was trajectory the estimation. I don't yeah. care that my brain just yeah. Trajectory estimation. My brain bounces off the walls. I don't care to focus any more than I already do. Like I, I'm happy with how I am, how stupid I am. But trajectory control, strictly because when I play video games that are shooter games, and there is a delay in sniper rifle bullets, I'm not very good at it. I would like okay. to be better. All right, Jake Mintz, what about you? So I take Adderall for my attention <laughs> control issues. So that's already solved. Uh, I would say rhythm. I think rhythm mm. and timing for me. Rhythm and timing, oh. all right. Because when right. I, I hit not eight guys in 30 innings my senior year, even when I was good, and that was all timing. That was just flying open, baby. Don't know where uh, my limbs are uh, going. Uh, yes. Jake, we call those strikes these Ooh, days. Ooh, we'll right, get buddy. to that later on in this week's episode, but we have to begin. Thank you to S2 Cognition for sponsoring. Uh, let's begin Thank with, you. as we began last week, when the number one Tennessee Volunteers, well, last week we talked about how there are a lot of number one teams, but at this point, I don't think there's any debate about who is number one. It is the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, Jake, you think there's still someone pull out there that's, that's picking no, someone else? I just want to say, Jordan, that the Vols are the only one I see. hey nicely nicely done okay we talked about tennessee last week they went into oxford 
and they told Ole Miss, uh, "Hey, we, we're we're actually better than you at baseball." And then they go <laughs> go to Nashville. It's like, ooh, can they do it? Vanderbilt, you get Tennessee. This crazy. Not even close. They they just ran through them once again. Back to back sweeps on the road. They are now twenty. What are they? Twenty seven and Uno nine and zero in the SEC. Uh, Stephen Shock, we've all been watching Tennessee a lot lately. What stands out to you about this volunteer squad? What stands out is the fact that there are literally no cracks in any part of their team. Like, I was thinking about it earlier. They were really, really good last year, but it's like night and day, the team from last year compared to this year. Like, they have such good pitching, such good – their bats are phenomenal. And, like, their bats and pitching are so good, you completely forget how good they are at defense. Like – Every weekend, Trey Lipscomb is making a Sports Center top ten style play, and their gloves like they just don't make errors. So what stands out to me, and what I think really separates them from the average college baseball team, is the fact that their gloves are just magnets for the ball. Like they just field everything, and they don't make errors either physical or mental. And when they do, they just have whoever's on the mound punch out the next guy. It's like a great system. <laughs> A great, mind, a great system. They run a great system over there at Tennessee. It's yeah. called winning all the baseball games. Uh, the the <laughs> thing that stands point. out compared to last year, last year's team felt like they got to Omaha on energy, like on pure vibes. Obviously, they were talented, and there's a lot of crossover, but last year's team was just riding a wave. And this year's team is doing that, too, to a certain extent. But they're also excellent, right? That is the biggest difference. They, they figured out the baseball side. They were, yeah. It was, to me, Jordan, you know what it reminded me of? How, like, when you were in high school, you never did your homework, but you were still really smart, and you were able <laughs> to get by in high school Ooh, doing, yes. or, like, middle school, doing zero. I'm talking zero Yeah, like, homework. I just stopped doing my work. Right. Jordan just yeah. didn't even do it. <laughs> Right. But he was smart enough that he was able to get to middle school Omaha anyway. And then Jordan <laughs> got to college, and he started doing his homework. Yeah. And then it all really came together for him. It all really came together. It's true. Yeah, you're right. I'm just like Tennessee. Uh, well, I'm not going to dig deep into that analogy. But what I will say is that I think, I think it's a great way to put it, Jake, is just that, like, last year they were like, oh, shit, we're really good now. Like, we have good players, and we're, 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 going, we're just we're riding the hot streak, and we'll, we'll take it as far as we can. They won 50 games last year, right? But there was a lot of turnover. I mean, yes, there are still some recognizable faces, but when you look at the at-bats from last year, Liam Spence gone, Jake Rucker gone, Max Ferguson gone, you know, Connor Pavoloni, you know, he was injured, but he's gone, their catcher. Their top pitcher, Chad Dallas, gone. Blade Tidwell's barely pitched this year. You know, two other guys, Will Heflin, Sean Huntley. Like, these guys were not around like this is in a lot of ways the same vibes but with in some cases younger especially on the pitching side I mean Drew Beam and Chase Burns unbelievable younger talent and they they can't be stopped I mean you I've never seen a team playing with this amount of confidence honestly and when they've never (laughs) been at the top before it's not a situation whereas you know Vanderbilt's so used to being number one right Mississippi State Arkansas these teams have had their their share at the Ole Miss they've had their share at the top Tennessee's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. Coach Tony Vitello knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. This team, and I'm going to clarify this after I say it, so don't don't get mad. This team is obnoxious (laughs) in the best way. 
in, in an entertaining way. Where if I had to go to the yard and play them, I would walk away hating their guts. I'd be like, this team hated playing. You know, they're shocked there were teams you loved to play and there were teams you hated to play. Yeah, I would hate to play Tennessee because would, they would shit pump me, as Stephen Shock would say. And then, but and they would they would not do it in a in a in a overly classy manner, and that's a good thing. That is the type of culture that unites people and wins baseball games. And when you have your head coach making Mike Honcho references on an in-game interview, we'll talk about that in a second. That's a, that matters. That matters. And he's created an us against the world mentality at that school in that program, and that's the part of the reason they're twenty-seven and one. My thing is, they'll they'll be the team that's shit-pumping you, and halfway through they go, hey, by the way, did you guys notice you're getting uh, you're getting shit-pumped right now? <laughs> and I love that about them. Would I want to play against them right now? Probably not. But just the fact that they're so confident in themselves, and, you know, they're number one in the nation for the first time ever, and they're like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> duh. Like, I just love yeah, that about and them. And I, I got to say, guys, like, their schedule now, and obviously they played a pretty easy schedule early, right? And it was like, okay, what's going to happen when they start SEC play? Boom, sweep on the road Ole Miss. Boom, sweep on the road at Vandy. And now, you know, they've got Lipscomb midweek, but now they got home for Missouri and Alabama, who are – and Alabama has been very good this year, but Missouri traditionally bottom the SEC. I don't think they got Tennessee Tech midweek. That could be a fun little midweek uh, trip up. But, like, they don't got, you know, Florida April 22nd. Like, this run is probably going to keep going for a while, and – Especially they're back home. They're going to get back to putting up 15 runs a game. Like, it is incredible. And, and really the most impressive part for me is, is how good the young pitching has been. Chase Dollander's a sophomore. Chase Burns and Drew Beam are both true freshmen. Like, it is really amazing what they've been able to do against really, really good teams. Now, lastly, this is obviously very different. But one of the years I was at school playing D3, we won the most games in school history. Mm-hmm. And we were higher ranked than any team had ever been before there. And that creates a vibe within the program that you are untouchable because you are literally the best to ever do it at that school. And you just move and ooze confidence in a way that is like it's embedded within you. Everything you do is a program. No one has been better ever to wear this uniform than we are right now. Right. That is galvanizing. That is like I'm going to run through a wall stuff, you know, and go ahead. Yeah. And. And you can say that and still know that even though you're saying that, it's true. Even though Todd Helton wore that uniform at one point. And that dude was the king of Tennessee for a little bit. For a long bit. (laughs) He's still the king of Tennessee. But, yeah, no, exactly right. It's not like this team doesn't have history. Yeah, and and every coach says, oh, love our group this year. We got a great group of guys, really talented group. Might be the most talented group of guys we've ever had here at this school. And every coach says that every freaking year, which is why you can't trust <laughs> anything a college baseball coach says before January, ever. Okay, any of them. Good group of guys. But Tennessee clearly has a pretty decent group of guys. Um, let's move on. Do you want to talk about – oh, you had a take about Tony Vitello briefly, did Shock? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. So you had mentioned not trusting, you know, coaches and the fact that they're saying, like, oh, this is the best team we've ever had. I don't trust Tony Vitello for another reason. And, look, don't get me wrong, great coach. He's doing great things there. 
But this dude has to have sold his soul to the devil or something because one, he's a he's a hilarious guy. Like he's getting in game interviewed and he's like, everything that happened to this point is stupid. We're still winning. Um, yeah, this guy shouldn't have been here because he's actually thirty five years old. Forged his transcripts. His name is Mike Honcho, and like I love that he's a funny guy. He's winning a shitload of ball games. And he is way too mm, handsome. Mm. He has to have, like, sold his soul to the devil or something along that line. Like, the dude is a man. Man, red, and I'm red flag. Red that. flag. Like, <laughs> he's like, you know, if I were a girl on Tinder and I saw that and I saw his profile, I'd be like, nope, this is fake. You're like, because he's 27 and one and that good looking? College baseball coaches are an yeah. ugly group. <laughs> They're an ugly Except group. Brian O'Connor. My Except friend Brian's friend handsome. Brian. But <laughs> right, but if you and if you follow MLB, you know our good friend Craig Calcaterra does the manager uh, handsomeness rankings every year, and maybe Tony Vitello will one day be a major league manager. That's very hard to imagine, just based on his vibe. But <laughs> hey, who knows if, he, if he's gonna win, win a bunch of World Series in Tennessee? Who knows? But I love this take. I love this take. I just try and I, I have a take you, that I me. I don't trust managers who are jacked because if you're spending that much time in the gym. <laughs> And not game planning, you know. What, what are we up to? What are we doing here? We should be looking at the scouting Gabe Kapler reports. has proven that right and wrong uh, in two different <laughs> cities. In two different cities. So, uh, right. well said. But anyway, all right. Uh, that's Tennessee. Uh, but we have more than just Tennessee to talk about. All right. Let's talk about transportation. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask, as someone who has biked from New York to Chicago, I'm familiar with taking odd transportation a long ways. Normally, you guys prefer planes for long distances, correct? Uh, yeah, anything other than a bicycle. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I agree with how do you, Steven. How would you feel about a 11-hour a bus ride after losing game two of a doubleheader on a walk-off? Because that's what happened to the college of Charleston over the weekend. Yikes. Not ideal. Not ideal. Uh, now, gentlemen, you both um, have ample experience on bus, on lengthy bus rides due to college baseball. This is thankfully not something I have much experience on. I've, I've been on probably a seven-hour bus before, uh, for just you know to get someplace. But I have not done this regularly, and so I am going to ask the questions here. And let's start with the obvious one. Stephen Schock, what is the longest bus ride you had to take as a college baseball player? Longest bus ride came my freshman year at Appalachian State. We were coming back from University of Alabama at Troy. I had just blown my first ever save opportunity. I had a blistering headache. It got blown on, I got pulled, and two guys got hit with the bases loaded. So that was a real fun one for me to deal with. And then, so, naturally, I'd punch myself a few times a little bit too hard and then got on the bus ride for, it was 14 hours. I do not remember literally anything from that trip except we stopped at a McDonald's at 2 a.m. and everybody was so loud that I walked into the McDonald's play place at the McDonald's in, like, bum-ass nowhere and sat in one of those little tubes until we left. And I love McDonald's. McDonald's is my happy place. Like, not a bad, not a bad. Happy Meals, and I'm one of them. 
Not an ad. Not an ad. This is 1. from the heart. 1.2 innings, two earned runs, three walks, <laughs> faced five wait, batters wait, wait. through 36 I'm sorry. pitches. I'm sorry. You went into the play place that was open at 2 a.m.? Look, I'm not going to say it was the greatest place for me to be <laughs> the at greatest 2 a.m. Pa- and the greatest place probably... for you to be playing? <laughs> play place. <laughs> I, I did not fit in the ball pit. Don't know how I fit in the tube, but... The tube was quiet. It was solidarity. It was my happy Amazing. place. For, okay, for so brief so fourteen hours from Troy after after the L. Jake Mintz, what is your answer? I think I know, but I ahead. think I mean I don't remember the exact time, but I would probably say nineteen. We would drive. We would bus to oh, Florida. To Florida. I was gonna say. So you did that at least once twice. or twice. We did it twice, twice. and but then we you went, started flying. Yeah. But you have to go back. So really, four. <laughs> yes, that's yep. So we did St. Louis to Flor to Orlando, south mm-hmm. of Orlando, mm-hmm. um, and you oh. stay overnight in Atlanta. Yeah. So we would get a hotel in Atlanta, and you know that's a long trip. And we would we would do it during like midterms week. So you know I went to a nerd school, so we would have kids on the bus doing like midterms. We would they would be proctoring exams on the bus. Uh, although I will say that that is a sl- not that I'm not taking away from the length of the stay, but you did stay in a hotel at some point along the way, correct? Correct. I think there yeah. was one time where we maybe went straight through. Maybe went straight, yeah. Because yeah. I, I know that there are some teams savage. I was once on a 10-hour overnight bus in Poland. <laughs> okay, we'll say that. That does not count. That's not what we were talking about. Although... I feel like something else was happening there. <laughs> yeah, we had a, we had a three-game set against Warsaw Tech. <laughs> but <laughs> Warsaw Tech, they had a lot of sluggers that here's, year. Here's what I want to know, though, okay? How do you do it? What is – now, look, now, in some cases, you're so tired and possibly concussed like Stephen Jacques was freshman year at App State <laughs> that he doesn't even – he wasn't even functioning enough to, like, do anything – but if you're not taking an exam, if, if you don't have any, like, homework responsibilities, you have nothing to do but pass the time, what is going on there? You got, got a couple of different answers here, okay? Yep. Beers. Bus beers. <laughs> buds. Your buddies. Oh, your buds. Okay, yep. And Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Shock of those three, which did you uh, prefer? Always buzz, like, dude. I've been thinking about this. I would kill to get on like a four-hour bus ride. Four hours, though. Like time. again, wh- yeah, this is the other thing. Hours. When is it not fun? When you hear how long the bus is going to be, there's for three hours. It's your best friends. Okay, cool. Right? The bus ride to Florida was always fun because it, it is its own journey. I mean, the bus ride home was awful. Because you're tired and you're not, like, excited about going on vacation, essentially. But, you know, you get up to antics. (laughs) I remember on the way down to Florida my first year, Jordan, you know the story. It was just when Tinder had come out. It was, like, the beginning of Tinder. Okay, kids? That's crazy to think about. And everyone on the team was, you know, freaking out. Oh, my God, there are all these people. Oh, girls everywhere. Right? And there was this one fifth-year senior on the team who I pranked, I catfished a guy on my own team. I made a fake Tinder account <laughs> on the bus ride down to, to Florida. And it took me like two hours to make sure it was all right and fine. Well, you certainly had two hours. And then 
dude, I think this girl's driving behind the bus. <laughs> and so that, you know, that stands out. I remember that. And the radius is one mile. She's so close. But yeah, we, you know, we did bus karaoke. Yeah, of course, of course. All that stuff. But Shock, let's talk about a controversial uh, topic because the College of Charleston is on their bus right now. Old Dominion uh, is coming home from FIU, Florida International. They're on a 16-hour bus ride. Just to get home, change clothes, wash their jerseys, and get on a two-and-a-half-hour bus ride to play ECU. Why don't they just stop I at just ECU? Why are they going home? They're going to pass the ECU night. on the way. Got banged. Your flight got banged. You get the refund from whatever <laughs> flight people. I don't know how planes work. I'm not good at flying. But you get your refund and just say, you know what? We'll go to a Motel 6 in, what is it, Greenville, yeah. North Carolina? Chuck, what is the correct number of poops to be taken on that bus? For, wait, for each person? Okay. No, so, total, total poops. Go ahead. Because these buses have like, toilets. Poops these up. buses have toilets. <laughs> They have to. I think legally. Legally. You think you have to. Poops that I do? Or I'm team. saying total team poops. Because. If you were the head coach of okay, the College of Ten Charleston. Hours? Ten hour bus ride. How many poops are permitted total for the team? I I know the socially acceptable answer. Yes, is it is. <laughs> is that my answer? God, no. That. I just told you on a 14-hour bus ride, we stopped at McDonald's. Mm. Our meal budget was like $6 per person, which sounds terrible, but this was at a time where the McDouble cost $1.09. That's five McDoubles I'm eating. Shock. Shock. And no. So. Yeah, I know. Look, I'm not saying everybody should do it. You're just on a rolling porta potty for <laughs> 10 hours. Yeah, but here's the thing. I got IBS. My poos, it, like, look, if we don't pull the bus over, we aren't going to, We like, the poo's going to happen regardless. Oh. There's going to be a poo on the bus, unless it's pulled uh, over. Here's and my, the thing I that, feel like the, now again, when it's that long, presumably you are eating at some point during it. But I also feel like it might matter about the time of day. Are people trying to sleep? Yeah, <laughs> people. If they're trying to sleep, all systems go. Good for so, you. <laughs> people are asleep. Eyes are closed. Nose are know. still open. <laughs> you can't wake up with a poop. You can't but, wake up by poop. Smell. So the nose will the nose will still be open. But if if everybody's asleep and I go into the team bus bathroom for thirty <laughs> minutes and do my thing. The only smell people are going to get and all people are going to think is, wow, it really smells like a Little Tree Black Ice air no. freshener in no. here. And they are absolutely no. right because a smart play is to bring it sounds those. Like... You bring them. You walk, down the, you walk down the little alleyway holding <laughs> them up by your shoulders, wave them around, hang them in the no. bus poop bag. We had a scandal my freshman year on the way to Florida. Someone, when it was late, someone went in there and pooped and no one knew who. And the seniors on the team conducted a full investigation where they interviewed everyone on the team. And I was framed, okay? I was framed as the bus pooper. It was not me. I say it to this day, okay? I was framed by one of the seniors as the bus pooper, okay? And so for you, me, this is real, okay? You don't poop on the bus. We used it, but the it time. doesn't seem like Steven had any shame. 
It's not like Steven was like sneaking to the bathroom. But that's what I'm saying is you should have shame. We used to time. <laughs> we used to time how long people spent in the bathroom. And if you were mm. in there for more than two minutes, oh well, you, you had some explaining to do. Look, at App State, there were several times where we would just get Little Caesars pizzas after games. If I if I eat one of those, first of all, if I eat one slice, I'm eating the whole thing. I'm not stopping. They don't I'm call it appetizer state. That, <laughs> yeah, S2 cognition. I I didn't select self control. I should have. But if I'm eating the whole Little Caesars pizza, it's like stuffing more toothpaste in a tube. A toothpaste has got to go somewhere. <laughs> and and the my point is. It can get out pretty yeah. quick. Your but, point, your point has been made. Really, this is a this is an agree to disagree <laughs> situation. Fortunately, look, I I am not saying you should do it if you have a medical condition or something. You where have a poop waiver. You have a bus you. poop waiver from your doctor. <laughs> My doctor, Doctor Doofenshmirtz. You have gave a me medical exemption. Said I can right, poop on the bus. Right. He's a real. therapeutic <laughs> use exemption of the of the bus bathroom. <laughs> There you go. Uh, all right. Well, this don't do it. I I'm still ashamed of but myself. But that's what I'm saying. I don't. There we go. That's all Jake was looking for. That's all Jake was looking for. I don't want the high school kids listening to this who are gonna go play at, you know, Hamline University <laughs> D three ball next year or whatever, thinking that their idol, you know, Big Donkey said they could drop Big Donkeys on the bus. I oh, don't want I'm, that. I'm not saying they can. What I'm saying is. At all three schools I played at, I shot on every bus. <laughs> every bus. And that is just something I did. Every bus. That, like, you had like a 30-minute drive and you were like, every yeah, sorry, public, guys. Every public bus in Charlottesville. <laughs> yeah. Even if they didn't have bathrooms, I was school doing bus, it. No, I'm kidding. School. I wasn't okay. pooping my pants. But <laughs> the, point, the point has been made. The point has been made. <laughs> Don't, Don't do, do it, it. kids. Don't, don't be dude, like Don't me. be like Steven. I think we've all gotten that lesson a few times <laughs> on this show. All right, <laughs> gentlemen, it is time. One of our favorite segments. It's time for Show and Go. This is where we bounce around some of our favorite moments of the week in college baseball, and we talk about them. Let's begin with something that I'm sure is near and dear to both your hearts, and that is pitchers hitting. Of course, this is being, this is going gone forever, extinct in Major League Baseball. It lives on in college baseball, at least in some forms. Steven, you tweeted a great video of a gentleman named Ben Terwilliger. That's a great name. Sounds right. Uh, That does not sound right. No? Terwilliger? Ben T. They call him Ben T in the video (laughs) for a freaking reason. (laughs) Ben T. ECU. We just mentioned ECU. Uh, This guy is a pitcher. But guess what? He did, well, he certainly looks like a pitcher running to first base. My goodness, does he look like a pitcher running to first base. Uh, but it is a great clip, and obviously the bench is absolutely loving it. Jake, I know you had one college at-bat. Although, was it in an official game, or was it It was. In, was it was. Shock, did you get an at-bat at any point? Yeah, so I had one at-bat. It was against oh, Hofstra. Right. It was, I believe, against their best pitcher. He was sitting 90-93, and... Like, our DH got injured or something like that. It got killed. I came in the eighth. They were like, all right, you're finishing this game. And in my head, I was like, okay, that means I'm hitting. I did not think about pitching once that whole game. And, you know, I I went out and pitched, still did it, did okay. But 
I was locked in for that bat. I was in the cage between innings taking hacks <laughs> as as a closing pitcher. And I saw one pitch, 92-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle, did what I knew how to do, which was roll it over to shortstop due to my fungo expertise, mm. and grounded into a double play to end the inning. Didn't I, I took three hard steps, and I Way was like, be. what am I doing? Just jogged. Okay. <laughs> but also, I got to give a shout-out to Ben Twirlejugger. Ben T. Just say Ben T. Ben Ben T. Ben T. Gotta give a shout out to him because he's one of my America East boys. He went to Maine Mm. before transferring to ECU. So gotta gotta tip my cap to him. I love seeing those guys getting out there and just, you know, going wherever they can. I love it. Jake, uh, your only at bat? So my only at bat, my coach tried to give every senior pitcher one at bat as a thank you during the year, which is kind of a dope rule because it means that you're winning enough games by a lot of runs that you can afford to do that type of thing right like i don't well think... it's possible that that teams that are really bad also have this rule yeah i mean i'm scrolling down the i'm <laughs> scrolling down the 2018 umbc schedule oh. and i'm not seeing a lot of opportunities to get steven shock at bat <laughs> this is there were they were abysmal yes. amount of opportunities. This, this 14 yeah. to 1 W over Farley Dickinson on April 6th might have been your only shot. But for us, because we were we were pretty good and crushed some pretty bad teams, we all got an opportunity to swing it. And I got to hit uh, game one of a doubleheader against Milliken uh, University in Decatur, Illinois. And I, when I pitched shock, I my set position was in a kind of a, a low squat, like hilariously mm-hmm. low. I think you've seen video of it. And when I went up to hit just to make everyone laugh, that's how I set up in the box. Like lower than Bagwell. That that is one of the things I absolutely love about you. Arguably the largest moment of your college career, and you aren't thinking about I, yourself. You're thinking how can I make the boys in the dugout? You're making jokes, baby. That, so I I go out there and I'm squatting, right? Squatting. Strike one right down the pipe, okay? Strike two, I take an absolute hack swing and a miss the next pitch is like three to five balls off the plate away but the umpire clearly knew that i was not a hitter and just rung me up like it must have been a yard off and he just was i'm not dealing with this bs he was like wrap it up off the off the field with you and that was it how did you react i I couldn't get tossed because it was game one and I was the closer. Oh, I guess we were up fair. by ten. I closed the game too. Like I, you know what I mean. I couldn't. So yeah, <laughs> that was my one at bat. But pitcher at bats are great, especially like they remind you of in little league when the kid who really sucks gets a hit and everyone cheers louder. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, <laughs> it it just, just means more. more. I don't know, Shock. Have you ever allowed a home run to one of those kids? I did this in college. I allowed a home run to a um, kid named Max Morahashi who was like a freshman bench player for the school Webster University. And I let the bomb up and the dugout went nuts. And I, in that moment I knew, oh, this kid has never homered before. Oh no. Yeah. It's like funny uh, to them. I, <laughs> it's funny to them. <laughs> I had a summer ball outing where our first baseman told me that if I threw any balls, he would not be friends with me anymore. And I valued our friendship. And so I was literally just filling it up right down the middle against the Silver Spring Tacoma Park Thunderbolts playing at Montgomery Blair High School, which I'm sure you guys played there many times. Extremely. The pitcher came up, and I was like, oh, he's a pitcher. No no big deal. Flew out to the warning track. But my 
My balls were in my stomach the whole ball flight. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right, next up on Show and Go, we've got one of our favorite plays in college baseball. My favorite. The old hit-by-pitch strikeout. Oh, what are we talking about? Well, we had another example. This is happening, I mean, almost every weekend now, multiple times. Uh, Bubba Aline, Maryland, Terps baseball, facing off against Penn State. Huge spot, 3-3, bottom of the ninth, two outs, and um, he gets hit in the elbow. And the umpire was like, actually, that would have been a strike if you didn't move. You dummy, you're out. That's strike three. Bubba, not very happy about this. Again, you've seen, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly what play we're talking about. Now, this is umpiring, just, um, just umping at its fullest when they tell you to either stay right here or now they're telling you you're out. They're telling you that is strike three, <laughs> GTFO. And, I mean, how do you guys actually feel about, like, maybe not this specific example, but, like, is there a version of this where you're okay with this being a strikeout? If I'm on the mound, all for it. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, otherwise, I think it's stupid. <laughs> I think it should just be a do-over. Like, it should be it, a no-pitch? It could be a no-pitch or a ball. Because yeah. you, as the pitcher... Penn State, we're going to call this guy, uh, I don't have his name up in front of me. Ben T. I'm going to call him, (laughs) I'm going to call him James Machiavelli. Okay. Okay. He did not throw a freaking strike. He did not do that. He does not deserve a strike. His pitch was bad, right? But he did a bad job in that moment at his job. And whether or not the hitter gets out of the way or not, is he does not deserve a strikeout. The team does not deserve that. So for me, it should be a ball. Or I'm fine with a stay right here. I think this one is borderline because he is frozen. He does not yeah. move. He definitely does not move. No. At and all. that's why, like, again, that's why and I kind of like the no pitch because, like, then it's harder for one side to be extra freaking pissed, you know, because it's like, okay, like – if he's not moving then and we we don't want to reward that right. then like do it again right um but i don't know man it's it's just so goofy and it always looks silly and i don't blame them for getting mad but to your point it's not like the guy made a good pitch and so it feels weird to reward that so i i think the situation should dictate it a little mm-hmm. bit like if it's in the first through eight innings yeah i like, get torn okay, with that we can, we can rule it differently yeah. if it's the ninth with two outs the umpire should just <laughs> shut up and say you know what i sneezed during that one we'll, we'll redo this <laughs> i'm sure no. they would be they like, would be super or, happy or we'll give it a reaction. ball um, okay, our next play is uh, this is a, a call. Now, we talked last week about Texas Tech having some extremely underwhelming calls on their back to back walk off. You walk off Steel of Home by Kurt Wilson and you walk off Grand Slam. But I saw a collection of electric calls. Electric calls. And we're going to actually group these together. One of these uh, was the, uh, the call of Georgia's walk off against Florida, their comeback. Um, this was an amazing call, which I loved. Uh, we also had a walk-off home run by a gentleman named Steve Harrington, which um, do you watch Stranger Things, Stephen Shock, or <laughs> did you just not make <laughs> a do. joke about and that when you tweeted about this home run? Because I laughed very hard I have... when I saw this. I believe he is on, <laughs> on is it Hofstra? Is he on Hofstra? Is that is that correct? Yeah, he's on Hofstra. Sam Yarnell. He... He has called two 
or three Sam Harrington walk-off bombs. And Steve, Steve know, Harrington. I, yeah, Steve Harrington, which obviously <laughs> I love. But the announcer getting fired up about it, like, part of me is like, I think the announcer is just like, I am going to make this clip <laughs> get shared. Because, you Good, know, you walk-off well. home run, people love walk-off home runs. Like, there's a reason in Anchorman when they were rebranding, they were going whammy, whammy, whammy. That's because people fucking love the long ball. And Steve Harrington, he's he's good at hitting but long I balls. Actually, that actually makes me think about another point that I wanted to make about the Georgia walk-off, which is that in some ways, walk-off calls are sometimes better when they're not home runs because there's more of a play happening to, to call. And a double down the line to score two is like the perfect example of that. And that's why like I just love this call so much because there's so much happening. Because a no-downer homer is obviously amazing, right? Um, like That's the yeah. best. Like For the player, that's obviously better. For the broadcast, that, that, I think that's why I love this Georgia call so much is because he has to describe the action and also get excited at the same time instead of it's just like, that's gone, oh my God, the game is over, you know? Yeah, well, you know why the Georgia one was a little bit more more exciting than the Texas oh, Tech yeah, why? one, right? Because uh, oh, 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 that's enough. true. Damn, I like... didn't think about that. <laughs> oh man, that's a good gotta, point. We gotta remember. Wow, the most. Shit, I totally <laughs> forgot that. All right, good point. Uh, Jake, any thoughts on on the old walk-offs before we get to our J- James Madison University uh, unfortunate incident? No, let's talk about bird murder. Okay. Jake, what happened uh, at JMU? This was JMU Elon, some old colonial action. Guy had a a fucking bird. Swing and a drive. A little more specific here. Guy hit a ball in the air, and the ball hit a bird. Right center field. Right center field ball. It was a bird in the air. Ball hit the bird. Bird kind of keeps flying, but uh, I think This was not a bird go poof Randy Johnson situation. No. No, I think that I think this bird is not no. doing well. It is in the bird spittal. Um, I don't know how its <laughs> avian health insurance is, but you don't get hit by a ball as a bird and make it out. Like that guy's done. Probably we'll not. Talk about a terrible day as a bird. Like the odds of that happen. Like if you're sitting on a power line and get smoked by a baseball, it's like, okay, well, easy. You know what target. else is great about this? But you if you're flying, this? this I believe is at JMU. <laughs> yes. But it is called the Eagle Field, and if you look oh, in the, really? over the scoreboard and write, it says Eagle Field as the bird meets its demise. Well, I, I'm not sure what brand of avian it was, but obviously the Eagles have dominated that <laughs> field. He was in a no-fly zone. He had to yeah. There's been a lot down. of conversation recently about no-fly zones, uh, and we see we see how that <laughs> is implemented in real time by Elon Baseball. Send Elon baseball to Ukraine. I'm just watching. The funniest part about this clip is just like watching the fielders try and both understand what happened and like the right fielder who's just like booking it to center and then suddenly the ball is right in front of him is so funny. Um, I love listening to it and hearing the fans at first ultra concerned for the bird. Then it kind of keeps flying, and everyone's just like, okay. (laughs) All right, and our final show and go moment. I'm still honestly a little bit confused about what I'm watching here, but it is one of the funniest clips I've ever seen. And this is pregame 
between Illinois State and Indiana State. And it's the usual, you know, scene of the whole, you know, you got got the fielders and they're standing out there in the umps and they're taking their hats off because it's time for the national anthem. And I guess instead, what do we think is happening here? The audio of at the stadium is just blasting Derude's Sandstorm, everyone's favorite song. What what is this? What what happened here? What do we think happened here? Because it is so funny, but I'm still very confused. I, I personally thought it was a fake clip at first because the audio was so crisp, like Sandstorm sounded. I felt like I was there. The only reason I knew it was real was because some kid had sent it to me and said, you did not get this from me. And I was like, oh, this is this is real <laughs> shit. That's, that's real stuff also, right there. <laughs> by the end of the clip, you can tell that at the very least, the umps are pretty confused about what's happening. Dude, the umps, you know the umps are mad. Yeah, they're <laughs> You know the umps are mad. Oh, you're oh disrespecting the game. It's so I don't know how it went on funny. for a minute and 30 seconds. It took a minute and thirty. We were close to the part. <laughs> That's when you like. You should have realized the rockets. It's it's the rockets' red glare uh, of Sandstorm. Oh my god! <laughs> it is so 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 funny. So I just encourage everyone to go watch it because it is extremely goofy. All right, time for our final segment. This one will be a little bit shorter than the last ones, but I do have a little bit. I, I definitely something that I want to cover here. So first of all, last week obviously we talked about. Uh, uh, Jung Ju Kim, who had 21 strikeouts for the Dort Defenders, our new favorite team. Shouts out to the Dort Defenders. Uh, and I did just, uh, just want to give uh, an update about Dort, um, which is that Jung Ju Kim uh, yesterday, I believe, yes, seven innings, two hits, no runs, three walks, 14 strikeouts, and a win over Dakota Wesleyan. This dude is 14. a beast. We love Jung Ju Kim. I also want to plug it real yeah. quick. He had an interview where he said after he's done playing at Dort, which I don't think he – I think he would die in the Dort jersey like he would prefer <laughs> he'd keep coming back. But after Dort, he either wants to get into coaching or get into the MLB. So if you're a scout oh or you're someone who we hires We need Jung in, in, in pick uh, him up. Make that shit happen. But Jungju in the Pagos League confirmed. The thing <laughs> – the, the beyond D1 for this week – is another notable single-game achievement. And Stephen Schock, you did tweet about it. But it is a gentleman named Casey Fowler who hit five home runs in one MFN game. Now, he did it for the Richland College Thunder Ducks. <laughs> Jake Mintz, he did it for the Richland College Thunder Ducks. This is a Division Three junior college in Texas, and I could go on for 30 minutes about the Thunder Ducks, but I'm going to let people do their own research because it is incredible stuff. <laughs> but my favorite thing about this five homer game is that Casey Fowler came into this two, two things. First is that Casey Fowler came into this game with four home runs on the season, okay? And then he hit five with 11 RBIs. That is amazing. But my second favorite thing about this is that Casey Fowler in this game in which Richland defeated Brookhaven, the Brookhaven Bears, which if you're the Brookhaven Bears and you're playing the Thunder Ducks, that should be a good message that you should be getting a little more creative, okay? (laughs) Casey Fowler was batting ninth in this game, okay? 
So this dude had as few at-bats as he could have had. He only had five. Some of his teammates, of course, had six. This dude should have had six, seven, eight homers. I mean, if this guy was batting, like, what is going on? I don't understand. Now, the box score for this game is very broken, which is very appropriate for Division Three Junior College. They don't even show the totals for Brookhaven. They were supposed to play this weekend, and it doesn't seem that they did play. I don't know if that was weather or whatever. So it's very hard to find information. There's no play-by-play of this game either, so I can't even figure out, like, the exact thing. But we do have video that, that Shock, you tweeted out, of his fifth homer. It is an amazing clip because he hits the homer, and then everyone in the dugout just starts screaming no, as if, like, <laughs> what in the world did we just witness? This is no. absolutely crazy. But my last favorite thing about this, about Casey Fowler, is that this game took place on March 30th. This was a midweek against Brookhaven, their NJCAA Region 5 rival. And Casey tweeted the day before this game, he was very excited to announce his commitment to St. Edwards University, a Division II school in Texas. Totally solid D2 program. All, you know, all respect in the world to them. However, it makes me wonder, had Casey waited one more day before he hit five home runs, would perhaps he have an offer from the University of Texas? I don't know. I just feel like he might have jumped the gun a little bit on this commitment to St. Ed's before he had five homers while playing shortstop. What do you guys think? Could have gotten at least a little bit more money. Maybe a deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, I, Chase. Uh, Casey, it's amazing, amazing accomplishment. I hope you're not batting ninth next game. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a hilarious point. You move them up in the order because uh, I think that too often coaches are are over eager to get, move guys in the order after like they have a good game. But you had a five home runs. Like you get a move up. Like, at least like, keep seventh or eighth. Keep them in the Jordan, nine hole. That way, people keep taking them less seriously. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they can't do scouting reports, can they? <laughs> like, there's no way, right? Well, the, you tweeted you about it. You, you blew his you cover, man. Now we're t- now we- <laughs> okay. We might have screwed him in the lineup, but like, if this were to happen to someone else, and we don't talk about it or tweet about it. Perhaps Perhaps really? No does anyone know? It's, it's, but Jordan. Did you go to the Richland College website and read the oh, page yes. on the history of the oh, Thunder Oh, yes. Okay. And everyone go do it yourself. Just pl- it everyone go do it yourself. The mascot is our Mobius Thunder Duck, a.k.a. Moby Duck. <laughs> I also would encourage people to look up Richland College on Google Maps because it is in Dallas. And the most astonishing thing about this campus is that there appear to be 18 different sized soccer fields surrounding the baseball field. Um, again, I don't know if that's just like, you know, anyone can go use those fields. I don't know if they have 18 soccer teams <laughs> at Ridgeland. You never know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> but, but let me tell you, folks, <laughs> I just loved learning about the Thunder Ducks this afternoon in preparation for this segment. We always love going beyond D1. Congratulations to Casey Fowler. I hope you go and hit five homers in your next game as well. This team is a top 10 team in D3, a JUCO, so this is no, not some sh- you know, schlub program. This is a four-time national champion, the Thunder Ducks. Mm. So we love the Thunder Ducks. We love Casey Fowler. Congrats to him. And uh, there you go. Right. We went beyond D1.
I personally feel like it should be a rule for every D1 to just have one kid on the team filming every highlight on his iPhone in the dugout. I love hearing the kids' reactions. I totally I love agree. how he crushes the fifth home run after contact. It's just, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Uh, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure as always. Thank you for joining me and you. Uh, and us. Listener on the Shock Factor. Steven Shock, Jake Vince, I'm Jordan Schuchman. Any last words, friends? Don't poop on the bus, kids. <laughs> Don't do it. Be better than me. <laughs> Please. Be better than Steven. Thank you, Jake and Steven. Thank you to our sponsor, S2 Cognition. And we will be back next week with more Shock Factor. Bye.